from Parts Unknown. This is the TK and J Show. Now, here are your hosts, TK and J. And welcome to the first ever TK and J Show. I am TK. This is my buddy Jay. How's everybody doing? Hopefully everyone's doing good out there tonight. Man, do we have a condensed show for you because all of our friends wouldn't leave. They wanted us to record in front of a live studio audience and I said no. So we kicked them out. Um, But tonight we're going to review the 25th anniversary special of Power Rangers. And spoiler alert, we are going to spoil some of the festivities if you haven't had a chance to watch it. But most of you are probably here for the sports talk and what I might say next. So you're probably not going to care about Power Rangers, and that's okay. So, Jay, tell me your thoughts. What did you think? So, I haven't really been watching for a long time. And for coming back after maybe five years or so, I felt like it was a, it was a good showing. A lot, Very action-packed. A lot for a half an hour, I, really, I must say. I really must say a lot for a half an hour, you know. I, I would have loved to have someone, you know, some more of those battles more epic, more longer, especially the, the one with Tommy versus Tommy. would love to have a lot more involved with that more than just a minute, you know? I agree. I was kind of uh, disappointed that they only gave us a 30-minute showing for this because with commercials, you only get 16, 18 minutes. Um, but at the very beginning, it opens up, and Tommy pulls up to his house in Reefside mm-hmm. um, in a pretty sweet-looking Bronco with huge tires, pretty, pretty decked out for a for – a, High school science teacher, I might say. <laughs> and he walks up to his to his house and he goes, picks up a bike and yells, JJ, I thought I told you to put this away. So we find out in the first 30 seconds, not only is Tommy Oliver still fighting crime and bad guys, but he is indeed a dad now. You know, the one thing that I'm wondering is, is I'm still wondering who the mother is. Now, word on the street is, is that it's Catherine. But, uh, you know, whatever happened to Kimberly? Why, why, why couldn't she be... Kimberly wrote him a letter once they wrote her off the show, and he she wrote a letter saying that she had found somebody else in Florida, and it crushed him. So Catherine tried to step up and be that that person. And then I remember an episode in Zio where they had like a flash to the future, and you see Tommy talking to one of his grandchildren, and Catherine is his wife. I do remember that episode. So I'm kind of thinking that maybe that's where they went, but even with Catherine in the episode, we never got to neither confirm or deny that. I mean, it would be it would be awesome, you know, especially for the viewers like me, if that we could go back and it and it was Kimberly that was the wife. We just didn't get a chance to see her. She didn't get a chance to sign off for this episode. Maybe we go somewhere with that, you know. My my thought is is you you put that out there. We need to go more with it now. I, us us fans, we want to know like where did JJ come from? Who was who was the mother? Is he a single dad? You know, I'd like to see that. Let's let's build that storyline. Let's go with it. I, I mean, holding Power Rangers, Tommy by himself. I'm all I'm all for it. It's funny that you mentioned that too, because they're actually releasing. It's called Soul of the Dragon, mm-hmm. and you find out uh, it's a comic book, and you're going to find out that Cat and Tommy end up together, and it's Tommy as a much older person trying to find his way out through life and the morphing grid and things like that. And they haven't really given us too much other than just him as an old man with Catherine as his wife. So I can only assume if that's the case that maybe he is married to Cat. Maybe. But I agree. Yeah. You could, with what we saw tonight, you could definitely have an entire season of just all-star Rangers. You could do an entire season just of Tommy teaming up with Wes from Time Force and yep. Rocky from Mighty Morphin, or even he could be Zeo. You could take all the different guys and just make a different um, a story arc is what I'm looking for. 
You know, because in Time Force, where West came from, the story arc in that season was phenomenal. And I really wish that they would have built off that. And with these legendary Rangers coming back as often as they have been, mm-hmm. you could build off that. And I would love to see Hasbro, now that Savannah stepped aside, take this and run with it. Because if you come out with stuff like this, it's going to be a cash cow. It's going to sell toys. It's going to get the ratings. It's going to get everything that Hasbro wants to make this franchise successful. For me, the time the time is now. Um, Saban could, you know, essentially do something like this we we would yearn for it i mean in the time where when you're they're redoing movies from our childhood like toy story you know we saw that you know all of us adults were in the movie theater watching that that toy story 4 even though it came out when we were 11 we would love to see a storyline develop like that i mean there is a market for it I, w- I would be sitting down watching this every day don't matter if it's on the disney channel cartoon network wherever they want to put it right i would still change the channel to it just like I would if they put, like they did when they put Boy Meets World back off, when they put the spinoff for that. I, I'm ready for something that reaches out to us to happen with the original Rangers that we... Who have been loyal to, to the show for 25 Absolutely. years. I, mean, I think Netflix, if you're out there listening, Netflix, this is a great opportunity to reach out to Hasbro and say, what do you guys want? Let's make it happen. Oh, yeah. Man, this is definitely a good time. You know, Fuller House, great, great series. Great, great spinoff from this is now time. Let's do... A power of Rangers, if that's a word, you know. Let's do, let's do that. Let's Absolutely, because there's there's so many different ways you can go about it. You could somehow bring back Zordon. You could bring back Lord Zed. You can bring back, you know, villains from other seasons that other some Rangers might not have seen before. Mm-hmm. And the the possibilities are endless. And now that they're talking about in this episode, where the Rangers have the ability to cross dimensions into other Ranger worlds. That just opens the box to do so much with this franchise, and I'm really hoping that Hasbro steps up and gives us what we want because it's going to make money. If you were to take some of the original cast and throw them in a movie now, much older in life, where they're at now, that's going to make money. Because the toys, the legacy toys, were selling out of the Toys R Us's when they were there. And I know we kind of got off track from the episode there, but, I mean, it's, it's you know, Hasbro, if you're listening, I'm tapping on the mic. Listen, give it to us. We will buy it. Just know that that episode was phenomenal. Um, I was captivated, captivated for the whole 16 minutes. You know, screen time. The, yeah, of screen time without the commercials. I would be in the middle of a sentence. Show would come back on. I'm right back to it. Let's watch this. Let's let's get it. Let's get it done. You know. The uh, the scene that really got to me is when they um, you find out that uh, Tommy was captured along with a couple other legendary rangers. You had uh, TJ from In Space. Um, you had um, Kara from uh, Megaforce. You had Rocky, uh, the second mm-hmm. Red Ranger. You had Cat as a uh, Turbo Ranger, which she was only a Turbo Ranger for half the season. Mm-hmm. But you find that they were cloning uh, these Rangers and making them evil. And Tommy was able to escape. But you find out that they had made a robot clone Tommy to capture these other Rangers, which was genius. And as they're freeing the Rangers and they all come out, this giant robot Tommy comes out and kicks the real Tommy and says... Who better than to take out Tommy Oliver than me? And it's Tommy looking at Tommy. And I know that all of us kind of jump off off the couch like, holy cow, this is really going to happen. What, what are they going to do next? And then, of course, it goes to commercial. And we're like, no! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and that's why I said, you know, at the beginning that I wish there was more of a, of a fight between those two. And that's why the show needed to be longer. You know, when I go back to the Green Ranger versus White Ranger battle, that was three episodes. And... and so right here we had a chance to do a Tommy versus Tommy again, which I never get tired of because 
no it's it no one can beat Tommy. That right. in my opinion, he's he is the guy, he is the ranger, and the only guy that can take him out is himself. He's That's the ambassador for the exactly. franchise. So it's captivating. It, it is. I mean the fact that you had here's another spoiler alert. He used the regular morpher and put a Zeal five coin in the regular morpher and morphed in the Zeal Ranger five red. That was an incredible twist. My hats off to Saban because Saban did make this episode. Hats off to you. I'm waiting for you to start selling the coin. Please take my money. <laughs> I mean, he had a Swiss Army knife of a morpher. What in the world just happened? Right. Like, I'm sitting there thinking, okay, you know, maybe we're gonna get all of his his different dimensions of rangers. I mean, and 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 to start it off with the the Zeo Ranger, which I hadn't seen in forever, was amazing to me. Um, and but to give us the the coup de gras with the Green Ranger, I I just I just loved it. And don't forget, you had it. He go, you know, it's morphing time again. He calls out White Ranger and says Tiger's Sword, and then he's fighting out there with Saba. And people forget of all the Rangers that he played, he was the White Ranger the longest. He was only the Green Ranger for. In essence, probably 30 episodes of the entire time he was on the show. But it was such a powerful character that, that when you think of Tommy Oliver, you think of the Mighty Morphin Green Ranger. Absolutely. But the White Ranger was still a beast in his own right. Mm-hmm. And, and and it's funny to think that where Tommy's at now with the series when he was only supposed to be there for for 10 shows and, and people wrote in for him to be there. Yeah, the so, producers were getting letters saying, bring, bring him back, bring him back. Our kids loved his attitude, his message what he brought to the team and who would have thought a guy who knew going in I'm getting 10 episodes turns out to be the greatest ranger the ambassador for the franchise mm-hmm. and if you get a chance to meet him in a comic con he is, he is just as down to earth in real life as he is on social media and he is just a joy to be around yeah he's uh, he's very very into the social media I kind of I follow him and listen to him talk a lot on the social media he's just as good as a guy that he looks on TV as he is on social media, I mean, he he's just a gem to me. I I still idolize him, and I'm 32 years old, right. and I feel like a kid when I see Tommy Oliver everywhere. You know, Jason David Frank is is the man to me. He will always be my Luke Skywalker. I mean, for for you Star Wars nuts out there, uh, that that guy is my North Star. So right, he's he's uh, my Jean Luc Picard, my my James Tiberius Kirk. That is Tommy Oliver, you know, to <laughs> yeah, absolutely. me. Absolutely. Um, so I really thought too they kind of um. I didn't know that Lord Drayden was a bad guy in the Power Rangers Dino Charge series, but it's also very, very familiar or similar to Lord Draken in the comic books, which I know I was sharing with you tonight, Mm -hmm. but Lord Draken did something similar in the comics that Lord Draydon was doing in the uh, show today where he was making this evil empire of rangers, and I just thought um, seeing all those different rangers with spikes and all you know beasted up i was like wow that was actually a pretty cool twist to the show itself um and then but the only thing i didn't like is they beat all those guys in like 45 seconds because we don't get a full hour exactly we need it needs to be a three-part series what happened to those days where you just oh we got to come back you know you come home from school you turn it on there's and then you would look at the bottom that says part one you're like oh gosh this is about to be epic here we go we, we got more more coming and then you get to the end of it and you're you're barely you're barely fully into it. You're like on the edge of a seat, and then the to be continued comes up, and you're like, "No!" Yes, you're there. <laughs> you're there the next day, right there, same spot, ready for the next episode. I felt like they deserve more. What I did like uh, that you alluded to was the comic books um, were getting a little bit darker. And I feel like there's a market for that too. We we would love to see a a more adult version of this, and that's why I feel like. With this episode, we got introduced to Tommy's son. We didn't get to see him, but we know he's there in some facet. I feel like we can do this. We can move it 
forward with with the adults. We can put it somewhere where the adults will watch. So, or we can even make it so that kids and adults will watch. Right. I, I mean, this was a great episode that left me wanting more. I'm like, let's let's explore. Let's explore Tommy's universe right now because he has a kid. I want to know what he's doing. I want to know how his kid is going to develop. Is he going to be a ranger? Like, what is going on? That's that's what this episode did for me. Where I I may have to come back and watch to see if Tommy comes back with JJ. Right. You know. And I think as long as um, his popularity and his loyalty to the franchise stays, anytime that they're going to have something like this, um, they're going to bring him back. But you know, like to your point too, you know, we're thirty-two and thirty-three years old now. And, but the kids of 25 years ago have grown up, so going some to a place like they do in the comics where it's a little darker, kind of like how the Batmans got with you yep. know, Christopher Nolan and stuff, yep. that wasn't your mom and pop's Batman from the 90s or even with Adam West, but I was okay with it because of the character development and how it was written and how they acted it, and they stayed true to the franchise. And I think now, us grown-ups, we're still, we're still very loyal. We're still very in touch with some of the shows, a lot of the seasons. I mean, you see my stuff. I have all the legacy toys from you know, Mighty Morphin, we're loyal to it. If you give us the stuff, we'll buy it. We'll continue to buy in. This isn't something that's going to go away. This is a lasting product, something that lasts 25 years and is getting stronger and better. You need to be loyal to a sense to your fans who started with you and have stuck with you for this long. I agree. Side note, uh, you, the Hall of Fame, the Football Hall of Fame is here in Ohio. And right. I feel like the Power Ranger Hall of Fame is here in your house. There's two Hall of Fames here in Ohio. It is amazing, the shrine that you have to the Power Rangers here. Uh, and, and it is a testament to how good this series was when we were kids. Right. Um, and, I, and I just wish that uh, in this time, even with the movie that came out, it was, it was so good. I, I didn't even expect to, for it to do as well as it did, and it did amazing. I thought it would just be you and me in the movie theater. Right. And... I mean, you know, my wife made me go again, which I had no problem with. You know, friends were asking me, let's go see it. You know, I I feel like Saban, he can capitalize on this so much right now, and I think he needs to listen. Right. I mean, the, the, these guys are literally making dollar after dollar going to Comic-Cons off of us who still yearn to see them, like we did when we were younger. Traffic jams in L.A., where, you know, they caused a 10-mile traffic jam just so people could see them do flips. Right. I mean... And this, just talk to the kids in the crowd. That's yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, you know, this is this is where I feel with the the way superhero movies are are out. They're huge. I mean, Marvel's killing it right now. I feel like this is a market we he can get into. I mean, he really could steal, uh, you know, the thunder that DC is trying to build with just putting out any any Power Ranger movie at all, right. and 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 using the characters that we fell in love with. Um, uh, to this day, I mean, I, I'm I'm hoping that they bring Tommy Oliver into the next Power Rangers that they're planning on doing with the the guys that are out now. But I want to see the the regular Tommy Oliver, Jason David Frank. I want to see him come back and do his timeline now. I want him to be the dad. I want him to bring JJ. I want him to bring Catherine if that's his wife. I want them to do that series at some point when they when they when, like tomorrow. Right. Yeah, you know. So. And, and he's always said, too, that if it makes sense, he'll be loyal to the franchise. He has no problem stopping his Comic-Con runs or his other side projects if, because this is how he's made his living and this is how people know yeah. him. He is loyal to a fault and a good fault. And if there's something out there and it's going to be good and it's not going to tarnish the legacy, he's going to go for it. Yeah. So if you're listening, guys, we're ready for it. And we're ready for that next installment of the movie. I know Hasbro said that they're in talks with Lionsgate right now to get something started. I would like them to make me make a few tweaks. When we'll get into that in another podcast. I thought 
um, that some of the things were a little too far out, outstretched, but I think that you can you could rectify that in a second movie. And you mentioned you know your wife you know your you know your wife wanted to go see it. Um, you know Billy in the movie he, he mentions that he's on the spectrum, he has autism. My wife works with special needs kids um, at a local high school, and the fact that it was able to connect with her on that kind of a level just kind of you know really made me appreciate what she does. But that they were able to take situations that people face every single day and incorporate it. And just because you have autism, or maybe like the Yellow Ranger in this case, mm -hmm. she's gay, that doesn't mean that you can't be a hero or that you can't be a good person and that you can't do what's right to you know help people. And that's that's a good part about the the current Power Rangers that's that is out because it they're they're trying to touch every kid's life, which is huge when you when you're growing up as a kid, if you don't see someone who identifies with you or looks like you as a hero, it's hard for you to really think that you could ever be what you want to be. And I and I remember that as a young kid when when we're picking our career day, we're having a career day, what do you want to be when you grow up? Well, I don't see anybody that looks like me anywhere that I want to be, so I'm going to be with the people that who I look like. So, you know, it, I don't have to, when, like when I was a kid, I don't have to be the rapper. I don't have to be the basketball player. I mean, obviously a Power Ranger is a real career, but when I'm a kid, I could say I could be a Power Ranger, you know? Right. That's why, the, you know, Zach was important to me and everything like that, you know? It's good to see that they made these characters to people that that can be identified with, with kids out there. They understand that, hey, that's me. You know, I could be a Power Ranger. You know, maybe I'm a superhero, you know. And that's that, that just warms my heart that they're doing that. You right. know, even though we're living in a, in a society that I feel sometimes it's, uh, you know, maybe a little bit too PC, I, I like when we're including everybody. I, I do. I, right. it, it makes it... It, it makes it good. You know, I don't want to be stodgy, bookworm, or anything like that about being PC, but I do like it when everybody feels welcome. I, right. I, that's, that's, that's wonderful, and I'm glad Power Rangers did that with this last movie, for sure. Absolutely. And then bringing it back to top it all off, um, you know, the, the, the character, the Lord Dre, Draydon, so many different uh, Lord Zeds and Drakens and Draydons. You got it's tough to keep them all... Uh, uh, straight. He was. There was three arrows that he was trying to shoot into the uh, sky that would shatter the um, portals in between the Ranger worlds and allow his army to go destroy everything. And he gets his third and final arrow up, and it's not looking good for the Power Rangers. Tommy again takes out his Swiss knife, Swiss Army knife morpher, morphs into the White Ranger, and then he calls for the Falcon Zord. Hair on the back of my neck standing up, and I jump off the couch, and I'm like, man, I wish I was Dragon Zord, but that's still pretty cool to see the Falcon Zord coming out of nowhere, riding up there, shooting the arrow back at the bad guy and saving the day. I think that was a great way to end that episode. They uh, threw me an actual curveball on that one. If, if, if To me, if, if you're going to the, to, to the uh, White Ranger, I thought for sure we're going to get uh, white, the White Tiger Zord and he was going to just become his man version of the Zord. Right. And uh, when he morphed it to the Falcon, I was like, I don't think I, don't think I ever remembered the Falcon... Um, on TV, I know he did the nin they did the Ninja Zords and I mean the, yeah the Ninja Zords on TV the regular TV but I just I hadn't seen it in so long that I was like oh my gosh this is amazing and and the fact that they actually allowed the wings to bend this time right which, which is which is which is great because wonderful world of CGI for you yeah, but still it absolutely. made it a little more believable yeah it, it, it's an actual bird flying this time right um, was was amazing I, I I loved what they did with it uh, and 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 I love how they they made. Tommy be the the epic hero that he was to save the day. Right. They didn't all have to come together and put some hodgepodge of resort together. We just let let Tommy take care of it. He's gonna save the world as he always does. Right. So that's Tommy being Tommy. 
Absolutely. So all in all, I would have to say I would give that episode a solid A. I, I thought it, they really captured my my essence of 25 years of being a fan. They brought back so many different Rangers from so many different times. And I really thought that having Tommy save the day, like you said, was just the icing on the cake. It was very, very well done. Yeah, I, I also give it I give it an A. And, and this is me coming from not really watching this for years now. I've caught episodes here and there. Um, and I've actually been captivated captivated by what I've seen, um, but this episode was one of the first where this is a, a put down your remote type type show. I didn't want to see anything else. I you know I didn't want to change the channel. This had me from beginning to the end, and I mean they started out hard with basically saying you know JJ put your bike away, and I'm sitting there oh he's got a kid we're gonna see this kid, and then to the end where Falcon Sword. Uh, basically saves the day. Tommy right. saves the day. I was I was there from beginning to end. I just just wish it was longer. That's yeah. all. If you would have had longer, you'd have been able to get some more of the other Rangers some lines. Mm-hmm. You know, because Tommy fighting Tommy is a story in and of itself inside of that episode, and mm-hmm. you could have given it a better climax because you could have had. You know, I would have liked to see Lord Drayvon get big and then see Bad Tommy get big and then mm-hmm. then have to fight it that way. That would have been kind of cool. You give yourself an hour, you can open up those doors, but. For a half hour, they didn't even have to recognize 25 years, and they did, and I hats off to them. I know for the last year, three or four months, all of the people who are in it have been showing behind-the-scenes footage footage of pictures and all the different trailers that have come out, and I was, I was very excited. And unlike the Legendary War, which I will publicly admit wasn't exactly what we thought it was going to be, I don't even think Jason thought it was what it was going to be. Yeah. Um, he definitely said that this is definitely Green Ranger approved from the time that he started filming it. So mm-hmm. I had no doubts that we were going to get a treat, and I think we did. And to 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 back backtrack on one of your points, if you get the bad Green Ranger to, I mean, the bad Tommy to grow, which I almost segued into it. No, there is no more epic point in the whole series than when the Green Ranger was large, like the Megazord. Right. And that. He is the only ranger that I know of that has ever been that big as, Other than, as a ranger. Well, the Zeo Rangers got big at the very end of Zeo. I think they just ran out of things to do. Mm-hmm. And when Jason lost the Gold Ranger power and they gave it back to Trey, they all grew and fought Zed and Rita. And I was just like, come on. you know. I think they were kind of stonewalled themselves. But mm-hmm. as far as meaningful growing, yes, that was the only time a ranger yep. grew and I think I made the comment to, you weren't here yet, I made the comment to our other buddy, but I was like, man, he is so much more agile than that Megazord all grown. This is not a fair fight. <laughs> and, and, and you, you would sit back and think, why don't they just do that? Right. Like, I mean, the, the Megazords fighting each other is it's very blocky and everything like that. It's still fun. still fun to watch them come together. still fun to watch the animals. But uh, there's no more epic part than when I saw the Green Ranger with his, with his uh, you know. His sword of Darkness. And the Sword of Darkness, yep. Uh, take down Megazord. I mean, that's that's huge. And then I wish that was a part of this. You know, another thing I also wish with the with the evil Tommy is that if if they were clones, how did he not have the Swiss Army Morther either? You know, right? He was only able to be the Black Ranger, the the, the Dino Zord um, uh, dimension is what we're calling. Right. Uh, so that's all he was able to do. I was kind of why don't they interchange? That'd have been fun too. That right. could have been a, a dynamic that would have. Could have been explored, maybe more time. Right. But uh, yeah, definitely, um, it was it was a great episode. Absolutely, I enjoyed it. All right, well, that's our recap of Power Rangers twenty five. Hopefully, we didn't spoil too much for you. Um, most of the clips are already on YouTube. Um, I suggest you go out there and check it out, um, or you'll have to wait for Super Mega Force to come out on DVD probably sometime early next year. I think they'll finish up some episodes and then 
it'll be out on DVD early next year. Um, so stay tuned. We got a few thoughts on the Indians coming up here, and then we'll wrap things up tonight. All right, welcome back. We hope you guys enjoyed our recap of Power Rangers 25 and some additional thoughts we had on the franchise as a whole. Um, but right now we'd like to get into um, the Indians. Indians have about 25 games left this season, Jay, before uh, the playoffs start. And uh, I really thought that they had turned a corner, and then they lost the last two to the Red Sox, and then really looked flat those first two games out in Kansas City to a 90-loss baseball team. And I was really concerned by that. So concerned was Corey Kluber that he shaved his beard today. It was kind of weird to see Klub out without the beard. Yeah. Um, but I think with the season that he's had, he's been up and down. I'm kind of glad that that happened. But um, first thing I want to get from you, um, with a month left in the season, tell me, what are your top three concerns as for this Indians team as they get ready to head into the postseason? You know, it's funny because I, I wanted to say, and, and I, was, I was thinking about this, I wanted to say all three of them are in the bullpen. All three of them are in the bullpen. But you know what? I'll branch out. Let's make it better. My, my number one concern is Kluber's health. Okay. Uh, I need Kluber, uh, a healthy Kluber. We need him healthy. Um, We know that, you know, we may possibly face the Yankees because they're going to, they're going to be the wild card team. Um, Not so fast, my friend. You know, you got, you got Oakland that is just really playing some good baseball. I know they are, but I I feel like the Yankees are just the better team. Now you're right. Baseball is about streaks. I mean, streaks happen in baseball and, Usually, we've seen the past couple of years, whoever the hot team is through the wild card, they've normally won the World Series. Right. Fair enough. But with the Yankees, I feel like they have the pedigree. They're they're going to be the better team in the end. If they play a one game right now, Oakland A's, Yankees, I'm going with the Yankees. It's, it's hands down for me. I'm always going to pick the Yankees over Oakland because they have they just have the better pitching. They have the better team. And and it's different when you know you have that pedigree over just playing well. Okay. So I, I feel that the Yankees would will we'll be seeing them in in the playoffs. The the ALDS will see them, and we already know how Didi Gregorius owns Kluber. Well, thankfully though, no, because we don't have the best record this year, so we would not be playing the wild card team. We wouldn't see the Yankees till the ALCS. We are going to play Houston or Oakland, whoever wins that division. Because Boston's going to get the wild card winner. So the crazy part about it is it always felt like the Central Division always ends up playing the wild card team. Yep. It always feels like that. Right. Um, well, last year we had the best record, so that's why we drew that, that, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. drew the Yankees. But this year we're not going to get that. That's true. And so, I'm okay with that because I don't want to see the Yankees in the first round again. I'd rather see them get battered and beat that's up. That's true. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I need a healthy Kluber. I mean, especially if we're going to end up against a, a team like the Yankees, Houston, um, or the or the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. Um, my number two concern is is definitely our bullpen, but mainly the the Brad Hand Cody Allen handling. I, I feel like the time is now. What did we go get Brad Hand for? I feel like we should have him as the closer. I, I, that's what he's good at. And so to have Cody Allen keep his job, especially the way he's been pitching the last couple of games. The other day, I, I think it was. Maybe he two, threw four pitches and gave and up two home runs. Exactly, there's your ball game. And and for me, it's it's like you know I understand Terry and I love him for this for being loyal to his players. But at some point, you you have to make these decisions that made that the, the type of decisions that made you take a team that hadn't won a, hadn't won a World Series in a hundred years to winning two um, in the in a four year span. So. I need him to figure out the bullpen situation between Cody Allen and Brad Hand, but two sub, two sub A, 
I need you to figure out what, what's going on with Andrew Miller. Is he going to be healthy? I mean, he's on the he's 30 years old. I think he's 29, 30, and he's on. It seems like he's getting more and more unhealthy as the time goes. I think Andrew, body. yeah, Andrew Miller is getting. Sorry to cut you off. No, Andrew okay. Andrew Miller is getting healthy at the right time. I really like the way he's been throwing the ball the mm-hmm. last few times he's come out. Um, I mean, the Indians were winning big the other day, and he came out, and I'm like, this is good. Andrew Miller doesn't need to be pitch, pitching in these high uh, leverage situations right now. If right. you need to get him in there to do it, that's fine. But I need him to work out those mechanics because I don't care what he does now. Mm-hmm. I care what he does come game one of the ALDS. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you. Um, I think Cody Allen can still be lights out in a setup role, mm-hmm. but I think he's also a little bit as a closer. Mm-hmm. He brought in Brad Hand. He's good at what he does. Just let him do it. Yeah. And you've got four, you got five good arms. I'm gonna you got Neil Ramirez who's done well for you this year. Mm-hmm. Perez has done well for you. You have Miller, yep. Hand, Simber, and Allen. Yep. So you have six guys. So if your starter gets you five. We're only asking our starters to go five innings, right? And we've got six guys, and I can match up with three left-handers going into the playoffs, right? Not a lot of te- no, no team can do what we can do and match up like that. And, and and that's what got us to the World Series two years ago was the that let, get me to the fifth inning, sixth inning if you if you can, and then let me bring in my next three good hands. And I feel like if we we set it up as you put Cody Allen in there, um, in in the sixth. That gives us a chance if he does do what, what Cody Allen's been known to do and give up a lead, gives us a chance to come back. Then you put Miller in, shut it down, and then you put Brad Hand in. He's an all-star for being a closer. Right. So the fact that we're not using him as closer, it, it bothers me every time I see Cody Allen strut out there and give up a lead. Uh, I'm like, Brad Hand, I mean, you just let him pitch or he's still sitting in the bullpen. We should not be losing this game. Right. That 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 troubles me, and it's not even the bullpen woes anymore. It's it's those three pitchers that, if we don't have them healthy and pitching well, we can't go anywhere. I right. mean, and we're not going to go past the first round in the ALDS. I, I just it scares me um, with with them the way they the way they're handling it right now. So so you got Kluber bullpen. What's what's your What's your last concern that you have uh, going in? Because no one's going to catch us. We are going to the postseason. That's a foregone conclusion. So, Jay's top third, or his top, his third concern for our Indians right now. I, I really feel like we're cruising, and I feel like we're not taking this mentality of let's finish. That bothers me. Um, we went to Boston and we played them well for the first two games. They came back and 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 played as Boston does. Then we went to, like you said, we went to Kansas City and we went flat. It just, for me, I want you guys to, I mean, blow past the finish line. Show me that you're a team that's hungry and that everyone has been sleeping on you. That's, I mean, when when you go on the, the, the big media giants, they don't even talk about the Indians being one of the better teams. It's always who's the best, Boston or Houston. And the reason why we don't get talked about is because we're 13 games up in an awful, awful division. It's like a flashback to the it, 90s. It really is. It's just in – so we get no respect. Right. And I want them, the Indians, to show people because we've got a murderer's row of six players. I want them to show that we have the firepower and that we're someone that, that can be tense. So my, my third my third discrepancy right now with them is the, the fact that we're flat right now. We're just – we're not essentially playing – good baseball when we should be to show that we're a playoff caliber team. Right. So I'm going to hit you with my three. The first two um, you might agree with. The third one might uh, throw you through the loop. But um, I'm going to say my f- biggest concern right now is our starting pitching because I think lately Corey Kluber's – he went through that stretch of four starts where he was lights out. Mm-hmm. Then he goes up against a very awful Kansas City lineup. 
and he gets roughed up for five runs. Mm-hmm. So it creeps into my head is Corey Kluber's knee bugging him again? Is his back bugging him again? Right. Is Corey Kluber starting to break down? I mean, he's not a young chicken, and I'm not. I don't want to go there. I don't want to go old Cleveland. We got our championship. You know, I'm. It's, you know, I don't want to have that thought. But I need a healthy Corey Kluber because I don't know if Trevor Bauer's coming back. And quite honestly, I think Trevor Bauer is more of a Scion candidate this year than Corey Kluber was. Oh, I completely agree with that. Um, he before he went down, he was he was lights out, and that I get you know that's where we get the Bauer outage from. He was literally lights out, uh, pitching out of his mind, and it was it hurt so much when he went down. Because, you know, he was a great number two behind Corey Kluber. I mean, we, those were two games we were winning. Right. If, if we're going in the series, that's two games we win, put it up on the board. Those are W's for us. So it, it, it was almost like a, a, a good four-hitter was protecting a good three-hitter at that point. Exactly. You know, and, and I felt that, you know, that we need a, a healthy Corey Kluber, as I, as I mentioned, that if he's not healthy, we're pretty much we're we're out. We're I mean, in trouble. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're 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 in a lot of trouble. I can't count on Mike Clevenger to win me a big game. Yet. Right. Nothing against Mike; he's just not there yet. Right. Next year at this time, maybe we can have that discussion. But sometimes he still struggles with his command mm-hmm. and getting through five innings. I mean, yeah, he'll he'll battle, but I need somebody like Club to give me five six innings, especially coming up in the postseason if I'm going to have to rely on him. And and then and you know and, and Carrasco's doing doing just fine, but it's not enough. No, it's definitely not enough. And. And I need somebody to hand the ball off to the bullpen. And right now, it, it's it's scary. It's, we we don't have that person right now, and and it, and it, and it troubles me. Um, and we need that game one. Game one's huge. Yes. I mean, we see it. We saw it in all sports. I mean, you you think right now we would still have LeBron if we don't blow a lead like that? Game one is huge, man. You never, you just never know. Right. You it changes know. the whole complexity of a series. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely so right. Need Kluber to have the ball um, and and pitching well. My second concern, and I hate to do this because he's one of my one of my favorite players, and I know he's struggling. But man, I watched Jason Kipnis drop an easy game ending fly ball in, in Boston. Yeah, he got an inside-the-park home run, and he got four hits, you know, over the weekend, you know, in one game. But it's like Jason Kipnis has been struggling all season long. And he's not the Jason Kipnis that he was a few years ago when he was a 300 hitter and he was an Mm all-star. He has gotten progressively worse the last three Mm -hmm. seasons. And I just don't trust going into the playoffs having a bat like that, especially with the lack of power I have in my bench. If I need a pinch hitter, I've got Rajay Davis. Mm -hmm. I have Roberto Perez. Mm -hmm. And I have my utility guy. What the uh, Brandon Geyer? Eric, Eric Gonzalez. Okay, Eric Gonzalez. And you, got, and you got Brandon Geyer. None of those guys strike fear in me if I need to pitch hit for Kip. And I should be counting on Kipness as a mainstay, as a guy who can get on and get me a base hit and do some things on the bases. And right now, he he's barely treading water, in my, in my, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what? I think you'll be surprised. I'm 100% in agreement with you. And here's my problem with Jason Kipness in a nutshell. He, If I can just allude to another player who is no longer in the league, Dan Ugla. Man, Dan Ugla was one of the greatest second basemen for like three seasons. He got traded to the Braves, and I mean, the stark fall off was just, it was catastrophic. And Jason Kipnis is not that yet, but you could see him getting progressively just just worse. I mean, he he what he only has, what, 12, 12 home runs this year? 12, 11? 12, 11. I think it's he's 11. Hitting, he's hitting two, 221 right now, and, I believe. And he had to go on like a, almost a, a 25 game hit streak to get to 
two eleven. Right. And and that's that's not good. Yeah, the Mendoza line for the entire season is not going to cut great. it for me. I, I don't need that on my second base. I, I wanted him packaged gone uh, when uh, Machado was on the market. I, I said it's time is now. Uh, Kipnis needs to go. Um, and I, and I've always felt that because the last two seasons he's just been middle of the road and. I was actually happy that Francona actually pulled the, the the trigger on putting him eighth in the in the road in the lineup, and that showed to me, okay, Gibbness, I'm giving you one last chance, man. Figure right. it out or get out of my lineup. Like right. you're falling, you're falling out, and uh, and and I and I totally agree with you. Gibbness is just not not a good starting second baseman in Major League Baseball. The fact that he still has a job is because of Terry Francona. Right. Period. And that leads so. me into my last point is one of my biggest concerns happens to be the guy making the decisions in the dugout is Francona. And people are going to jump Oof. all over me and say, well, he's got one of the best winning Oof. percentages in, in the American League. I agree with you. However, he is loyal to a fault, and that can hurt this team come playoff time. You need to tell Cody you're not the closer anymore. You need to tell Kipnis if you're not going to produce, I'll put in Eric Gonzalez. I will find somebody to play second base that is going to get me on base. I will find people who are going to get me outs when I need to get outs. Terry, you have to stop being a player's manager to a certain extent. I can't have you making these decisions that make me a a fat white dude sitting on his couch scratching my head saying, how in the heck did that guy just throw four pitches and we lost the game? And I'm literally scratching my head thinking, what the hell just happened? <laughs> you know, and it's funny, man. We're throwing daggers already on the first uh, first episode, man. We're, we're not even gonna last long. People are gonna be writing in talking about uh, there's gonna be pitchforks at your door here I any know. second. Here we go. Hey, I've, I've got the dragon dagger inside, but I found myself <laughs> off. It's all good. You know, I mean, and, and it's one of those things that I have to I have to say, yeah, being loyal is is a great thing in a, in a coach. We don't have that that often here. You know, we we do cut guys when they're not. You know, doing well and don't give them a long leash. And but in this situation, when you're a playoff team, and and I'll I'll go back. I see it as there's teams always have like this window of time when they're gonna win the World Series or at least make deep runs. And the Indians are about at three of six, so it's about a six to seven year window. You're at like three of six right now with Frankie, uh, Jose, and all this young talent that's here. You know that because you're not going to keep those guys in three years. You can't. You and it's nothing against the Indians, guys. I know you can't sign Jose and and Frankie to long term deals and give them that money. I get it, right. and I'm okay with wherever they decide to go next. As long as it's not the Yankees, <laughs> then, you know. And I will root for them wherever they they go after this. And I get it. And maybe they do decide to sign one of them, but I know that you can't keep both of right. them. Right. So, like you said, this three of six year window, I'm going to enjoy every minute of it because I got the best shortstop and third base combo in baseball right. on offense and on defense, and I'm going to enjoy it. But the time is now, like you said. They've got to make something The time happen. is now, and, and guys like Kipnis, they're not on this train. They're just not good enough to be on the Cleveland Indians ball club right now. We we have a top six that, is, that are killing it, and, I, and I'm telling you, there are six guys that are hitting with 60 RBIs, and then you get to Kipnis is part of the roster, and it's a stark drop-off. There's no way that a rookie like Greg Allen should be just as good as you. They're, they're just, right. It's not supposed to be. When you've been in the league forever now, um, which it seems, Greg Allen is literally outplaying Jason Kipnis, and, and, and that's crazy to me because uh, that's yet again another young talent that is playing well for us, and Jason Kipnis, he may be the old man that needs to go. Uh, and Yandy Diaz. Why can't and I know uh, you know 
Francona said he's not going to move Jose from third base. He's having a you know a MVP caliber season. Sure. But to me, if your ball club's better by putting Yandy Diaz at third, maybe you get a little bit of defense. That's fine because the guy's mm-hmm. mashing right now. You get a guy out of the lineup who's hurting you, and you get now you have the best third base shortstop combo to the best double play combo in the game right now with Jose and Frankie. And then Jose is a natural second baseman. Right. That's not going to be a big thing for him. In fact, it might even allow him some peace of mind because he's not going to be at the hot corner. He'll give you some more at the plate because he's not having to sit there having balls rocketed at him <laughs> night in and night out. And he does a great job with it, don't get me wrong. Right. But I'd be willing to give up a little bit of defense at third base if it's going to get one of my weaker guys out of the lineup come playoff time. It's crazy you you said that more at the plate. This guy's hair is on fire. I mean, and, and to, to have Yandy Diaz in the lineup um, and putting him at third – and giving Jose second base, it, it, it's not a start drop-off at all. No. And, and that, that, that hurts to say for Kipnis. I mean, that's why he has to go. And that's why I wish Terry Francona would look into it and be like, you know what, Kipnis, if if I'm going to stay with you, you've got to produce. If not, I've got all this young talent that's going to do just as well as you, and it's not a, it's not a drop-off in the lineup. Right. Plus, I get a second coming of Roberto Alomar and Omar Vizquel at at the you know in the middle of the field, so I mean I I salivate at that. that I felt like that's where the Indians should have went all this time. Right. Last year I was the guy saying uh, Kipnis when he got hurt. I think yes he got hurt last mm-hmm. year. When he came back, I said there's when they put him in center field. I said you know that's fine, but let's talk about him not playing. Let's let's go right. there. Like what is what do we have to do to get Kipnis off the field? And maybe this year we'll we'll revisit. And look at it and say, you know what? Maybe we need to fill that position at second base. Kipnis may need to figure something else out. Right. But uh, and this is not an attack. I'm Jason Kipnis either. It was like a personal thing because everything I've read, everything he does in the community, he's a stand-up guy. Very much. But so. at the end of the day, man, I, I need you to produce, or I can't have you on the on, on the field. Oh, I mean, as a Cleveland fan, I need you to get get us to the World Series and let's let's see one before you, you know you and I right die. I mean, we right. we got our one championship, but. We're hungry now. We're we're a championship city, and we want championship caliber players. None of none of this 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 nonsense where we're having role players that we're we're falling in love with anymore. We need players that actually play. Right. We need you know we want to fall in love with you because you're good, not because you're loyal. That and that's I think that's where we're at with Jason Kipnis, and to to your other point, Cody Allen. That you guys are great. You guys have been Indians loyal to to us as well as Terry's been loyal to you, but you guys got to do better. I right. mean, you got to help us win games, and if you're not helping us win games, you, you got to go. It's next man up. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and I agree with that. Absolutely. Um, so, moving on from the concerns, and we just talked about what our concerns are. You've got the juggernaut Yankees. You've got the juggernaut Red Sox. And can you imagine they're both going to win over 100 games and are going to have to slug it out just to go to the ALCS? I'm not upset about about that at all. I'm not crying. I won't shed a tear. Good. You spend all that money, you should kick each other's butts to get to the ALCS. Absolutely. Um, Can you look at the Indians currently constructed as a team that can go on a run and win a World Series? So going back to the earlier point of, you know, usually the, the cycle goes as the hottest team going into the playoffs normally goes deep. In fact, even wins the World Series. With the way the Indians are playing right now, I just don't see it. I just don't see us getting past the ALDS, especially if we have to play the Houston Astros. Uh, that team is always playing great. Always playing great. So, And they've got – the pitching is out of control over there. There's Verlander you got to face. You know, um, There's a couple other people I can't remember off the yeah, top But the of Indians mind. have owned Verlander 
even when he got his resurgence in Houston, the Indians, they've owned him recently. You know, they have, but this is still a different Verlander, and this is this is playoff Verlander. We, yeah. We've never seen playoff Verlander. We've only seen regular season Verlander where – I'm making a stop in Cleveland. I lost this game, so what? You I'm know? still going to win the Cy Young. Yeah. I don't care. I lost 2-1. to one. They barely <laughs> exactly. beat me. Right. Um, I'm, I see the Indians 18 times a year. Um, I win, you know, majority of those. I take, you know, maybe two or three L's from, from, from them. If I face them, I think probably he only faces them, you know, five out of that 18 times. I, 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 he breaks even with us or gets, you know, three and two. He's done his job. Right. I mean, but we've never seen playoff Verlander at right. all. And – that guy was different. I mean, he pitched great last year. So it's just going to be tough to get past that first round. Um, if we see Boston, somehow it works out that we see Boston, which that's not how the schedule works out. But if we see Boston, yes. But uh, we, we have a chance. We showed that we could split with them. So I think we could go with them. And but you showed yourself you could win in Fenway Park. And it, I thought that was huge. That was Because if you'd have gone there and lost three out of four, you're not feeling so good about yourself. Right. But if you're going to play in Boston, you're going to have to, you're going to play four if you go seven. Sure. And if you can split there, that means I think that they could take two or three from them at home. if they need And the crazy part is we didn't just win. We, we beat them down. Yeah. Now, in turn, they turn around and beat us down too. Right. But we punch them uh, and then they punch us back. Exactly. But that's what you expect to see. Exactly. And I, so that, that series love to see that that's our most potential moving on platform but again Houston Astros are still out there and I have to see it to believe it that we won't that the Houston Astros are going to go down and not go back to the World Series I have to see it to believe it they are still playing like they played last year and I feel like that team is the team to beat and will be the team to beat for the next couple of years right so it, it, I I just don't see it I I feel a lot like this team is very comparable to the 97 team. The 97 team only won 87 games, and just like this year, they were in a division that no one else finished 500. They were Mm -hmm. the only team that finished 500. That's the only reason they got in. Mm -hmm. And they went in, and they want a veteran team. Like we have, I think we'd have a veteran team as part of our top six. Mm -hmm. um, I really think they remind me a lot of the 97 team where nobody expected much. And if Jose Mesa doesn't lose his head, we are World <laughs> Series champions in 1997. Um, I, I really think that that team's a lot like the 97 team. They might not have a lot, the best talent, but they've got grit, they've got moxie, and they're not afraid to stand up and play with the big boys. Mm-hmm. And I really, part of me thinks that, do that on paper, are they a championship contender? No, but I think when it's all said and done, you're going to see the Indians in the Fall Classic. And I'm just telling you that just based off how I feel right now. Okay. I think I think Kluber's going to come back and, and, and pitch well enough to get through the playoffs. I think that Francona will figure out that bullpen. I only say that because I read he's giving Cody Allen a, a break as the closer. Holly freaking Louie. <laughs> but, you know, this team, like I said, reminds me of the 97 team. No one really expected much, and they battled and battled and battled. And it's not going to be easy. If you remember 97... Those games weren't easy. They were one nothing games, two one games against Baltimore just to get to the World Series. Right. So right. I really think that, you know, this is our year. And I'll go on record as saying I would trade the KF championship ten times out of ten for the Indians to win back in sixteen. I don't know about that. Um <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm, I'm just if you ask I'm, anybody that knows me, I love the Browns, I love our Cavs, but man, I love, love, love my Indians. And the two greatest baseball games I have ever seen in my life. My team lost Game 7 both times of the World Series. Very true. For me, uh, to go back to your point, the reason why I wouldn't do that is because LeBron James. And, uh, and, and LeBron James made a promise to us that he delivered on. 
that's a different type of championship. If you get what I mean. Yep, so, I, I, I see what you mean there. But so I can't trade that that particular one. Right. But it's I, the only one I have to. I, have to, I, have to I work get it. Right. It's the only one you have to work with. Right. It's fine. But it was a promise that to me was like a Christmas a Christmas Day gift that you've been asking for that video game all year, and then you walk down the, to the to the tree, you open up all the presents. They've all been socks. They've all been shirts. And then all of a sudden you open up that game that you've been waiting for and you play it all freaking night, like to 4 a.m. Right. That's the that's the championship that LeBron James brought to us. So I don't think I could trade that for the world. I, I, I can understand and respect but, that point. Yeah, just me. But I, uh, to your point, I do want to see the Indians win. Um, and I like your enthusiasm. Uh, we, we've been friends for a couple years now. And I don't really think I've ever seen that enthusiasm in a team before. We are actually different on this one. I'm actually more the enthusiastic person, and you're more down on our teams and everything right. like that. But uh, well, I told you Ohio State's going to potentially lose four games. This I don't year, believe that I, either. And I truly, and you're a Michigan fan. And this is a Michigan fan speaking, but, but I don't believe that either. I just uh, think with everything that's happened. But anyway, yeah, we, we got, digress. <laughs> we just mentioned as currently constructed. However, my friends out there, the waiver wire is coming, which means you can make a trade if a player clears waivers. You can trade for him. So the Indians have until August 31st to get someone on this roster that could be playoff eligible for them. So I ask you, Jay, who is your must-add guy to get on this team that could help potentially get them over the hump to get them where they need to go to get them the help that they need? So the guy that I've, I've wanted, and it was until the Milkman started playing well, this was the guy I wanted more than anything that was out there. there because he's on a team that was doing a fire sale, I felt like Adam, uh, Adam Jones should have been on our team. I really feel like we should have went after him. Uh, he could have been another outfield. We could have moved Greg Allen over to right field and put Adam in center field. Um, that's the guy I, I kind of want to see here in Cleveland. Um, really, really feel like he's a good, he's a great bat. Been just one of the most quiet all-stars we've ever had. And I felt like, why not go add him? Why didn't we go after him? You know, when the Bryce Harper thing fell through, we made the calls out there that fell through. If you still want an outfielder, why not go get uh, Adam? But, I think it was my understanding he didn't want to waive his new trade clause. He wants, he doesn't want to leave Baltimore because he's been there his whole career. And part of me can respect that, but part sure. of me is like, man, you can go back next year. Just come help just, us just, win a title. Just come, just come right. get a, come get a ring. Right. Come get a ring. And 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 I feel like that pitch could have been made to him. Um, and, and you know, that's who I feel like we we really should have focused on. Right now, though, with the exception of Kipnis. I, I feel like we are pretty much set. Milkman is playing phenomenal. I mean, I, I was hurt when um, and helped me uh, on the right fielder that went down from uh, Detroit. I'm losing his name right now. Um, that guy we just traded for him. He had the life-threatening disease. Leonis Martinez. Yes. Thoughts and prayers to you for on a speedy recovery, yes. sir. Uh, yes. We're hoping for you to see you next year. Yes. I'm sorry. Don't worry about baseball. Like that. Worry not, about getting better. Yes, let's worry about getting better. Um, Leonis, he was killing it before he went down, yeah. and – and, and I was worried that, well, okay, well, now we're stuck without another outfielder, you know. Um, but the Milkman, he's, he's come through. So if, if I had if, – if I'm looking at a wish list right now, I'm looking for Adam Jones from, from, from the Orioles. From the Orioles? Yeah. I would go after Andrew McCutcheon. And that's just – yeah, it's going to cost me three, $3 million bucks, but $3 million bucks for a guy who wants to get back to the playoffs because he had a taste of it when he was in Pittsburgh. Right. Wants to win a ring. Wants to have that career-defining moment. Well – who better than to come here in Cleveland? You sound, he sounds like a Cleveland kind of guy anyway. Blue collar, puts his, I mean, lunch, lunch in his pail every day, comes to work, works hard. And then 
a guy like that, you can put him in, in center field. You can even, even if you have to sit the milkman, I wouldn't even want to sit the milkman, but if you could have, if you can give me an option off the bench of Melky or McCutcheon instead of Brandon Geyer or even Roberto Perez. Absolutely. Thank you. I yeah. mean, you're, you're <laughs> giving me some power on the bench. You're giving me a bat. I'm confident mm-hmm. in if I need to pitch him for somebody in the late inning. And I, and I like that. I like that pick. And, and to your point that he seems like a Cleveland guy, I mean, he played in Pittsburgh all his career. Right. Same city. I mean, Detroit, Cleveland. Yep. Pittsburgh, we're all the same city. Yep. Basically, he, you know, he would come here, be endearing to us, because he knows the type of fans that we are. We we are loyal. Um, we love our teams. We fight hard for our teams. So, you know, he doesn't have to be under the glitz and glamour of San Francisco anymore. But I, I look at it and I feel like he likes it out there, though. Right. I feel like he is already on a playoff contending team in San Francisco. They may not be as much this year, but. They will be. I mean, right. they're 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 actually coming out of their six year window though. Like Buster Posey's not not the man he was anymore. I mean, he's still good. Don't get me wrong. Don't at me on Twitter. Right. But <laughs> which that's coming. We'll give you our <laughs> handles, and then we'll probably get a uh, a show handle coming too, so you guys can interact with us that way as well. But uh, Buster Posey is is coming down from the tear that he was on for the six year run that the San Francisco Giants are. So. Can, could McCutcheon become the guy out there? I, I, he may be a little too old for that, but I don't think he really wants to go anywhere. I, I'm not sure. Right. You know? Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I do agree. He is a mid-blue-collar, Midwestern-type guy. That, that that would be a good addition to uh, to our lineup, our murderer's row of lineup right. right now. At this point, I'd be happy if they would just make an attempt to go after something, bring somebody in here. I don't care if it has to be lightning in a bottle, you know, a guy that might be having a down year. You think a change of scenery might help. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, I think a change of scenery would help Kipnis too. But Absolutely. that's not helping me now. No, I need, no, you know, Give me no. a guy who needs a change of scenery here, who can come make a difference, who fits into the core of this ball club. Um, I believe in the clubhouse, the Indians have some kind of contract that they started with the core, Kipnis, Lindor, Kluber. And it's basically, if you're going to be an Indian, this is how you're going to do things, how, how we do things, and you have to sign it. And I think that I want a guy that would buy into that from day one. That's not going to come in here with an ego. And I think both guys that we mentioned would would fit that. And that's belt. great to hear that we we're we're a ball club that commands respect and and honor to play the game of baseball. I'm I'm so glad to hear that. I didn't even know about this, but yeah. I'm so glad to hear that. It just uh, you know it would it would be to your point. It would behoove me as a fan to finally see. Even if it's a if it's a fire cell, I've just never seen this in Cleveland. We reach out and go get that huge that huge guy. Right. We go get him, and you know he doesn't have to be born here like LeBron James. Let's go get that guy. Um, you know when they when I when the talks started with Bryce Harper, I got tingles. I was like, finally, Cleveland's gonna go get somebody huge. We may have to sell Plute, you know, give off Plutko and and Bieber. It hurt me because they've been doing well. Right. But Bryce Harper. In an Indian's uniform for for a World Series ring, I could be down for it uh, right. because it's it's not done. Now I understand people are like, let's not bust the bank or let's not sell off our whole minor league farm for for a guy like that. But for me, I'm sitting back. When have we ever done that? We've never done it. Right. We've just never done it, and we've been sitting by here trying to win a World Series by the old fashioned way of our farm system. And calling them up and hoping these guys take us to the next level. And adding those key pieces that maybe are at the cut, you know, the, mm-hmm. the tail end of their prime, not in their prime. And that's fine. We're a mid-market team. But could you imagine, and, you know, I know the Indians are willing to spend the money if it makes sense because, you know, no offense. And I know that they've, you know, without saying it, they said it. 
their owner Larry, he's not getting any younger. He's no. very old. Yeah. He wants to he wants to hold that trophy one time. I get it. Right. So if the if the right deal's there, they're going to make it. They will spend the money. Um, and can you imagine though what a World Series title does for this town and for that team? Right. The revenue they could get from that. I mean, four fifty five. We'll start selling that place out. They're going to be able to bring in guys. Are they going to be able to re-sign some of our stud guys for $350 million each? No. Absolutely. But you can keep competitive baseball. You can extend that window extends by winning a World Series title. Because guys who are out there who may not be appreciated by their teams that don't command tons of money, mm-hmm. hey, those guys are going to appreciate what I do. And they're going to want to come to play here, baseball in Cleveland. Right. And when's the last time you really heard that before Francona? Hey, I'm going to go play baseball in Cleveland. Right. And we got, we got the coach for it, too. Right. Um, he's going to be loyal. You already know that. So why would you not want to come play for the guy? Uh, that is going to get you a world championship. Plus, with without with LeBron James gone, we need a replacement. And now's the time. This year or next year, find me a player in in the waiver wire or the offseason that is going to bring people into the seats and win us a World Series championship along with, you know, the, the murderous row of players we have. Um, right. You know, bring me a seventh guy that there's no way you could pitch around us we're going to win this World Series. Right. That's what I really want. Right, because I really think at the end of the day, it's our it's our bats that are going to help us win more than the pitching. Not that pitching is going to play a big part, but right. the bats are going to have to bail us out a little bit based off what we've seen so far. Right. So when we, we convene next week, we'll kind of we'll know what that roster is going to kind of look like going into uh, the postseason because not only are we going to know any moves that the Indians might make, but you're going to have September call-ups. You're going to have guys that are going to be able to come in here and give some of these regular guys with this big lead mm-hmm. a break and get them ready for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And I'll be interested to see how Tito handles that. I'm interested to see if we call up a, a Bieber or Pluko and like let them actually pitch in the postseason. I mean, they're here, but are we actually going to unleash the dogs uh, and let them let them <coughs> pitch? I wouldn't even mind seeing them in the bullpen. Right. Um, that'd be great. You know, I, I know they're starting pitchers, but you know what? They're two solid pitchers that. You know what? If we're struggling, let them get a couple innings. Let's go, let go shut the, uh, the Red Sox out for four innings. There you go. I don't need those guys to go get any five, six innings in the, in the playoffs. I just need you guys to go in there and give me an inning or mm-hmm. just give me, you know, we can play matchup with those guys. And I'm okay with that. I'm I'm 100% okay with that. And I hope Tito explores that. I really do. Right. Uh, I, I hope that he understands that for us to get far, we need to shut down bats and and, and put our set ours on fire. Right. Uh, and And... And with the way our with the way our roster is sitting right now, we're gonna have trouble. But in the, in the next coming weeks, we'll find out if moves are made to basically say, you know what, we're going for that ring. Right. So. And it's nice to be in the position we're in this year. We're fortunate. We're in that division. Mm-hmm. He's gonna be able to tinker with a few things and play with a few things and see if things work. <coughs> Excuse me. And if they don't work, um, so it's nice to be in that position. But I'm hoping that he uses these last 28, 26, 27 games as a catalyst to get to where we want to go. We Absolutely. want to be that team, like you said, that's hot going into the playoffs. Absolutely. I don't want to stunt, stagger in right? because we all know that that's not going to be good. We need mm-hmm. to go in hot, get right, you know, get through it. It's going to be a battle. But I want to see some late October baseball. I want, I believe I was looking at ESPN.com, and if a Game 7 of the World Series is played, you know what day it's on this year? Halloween. Is it? Sorry, trick-or-treaters, but I'm watching Game 7. Go get your candy somewhere oh, else. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> They keep pushing it back. Was it was it in November last year? It was in November when oh we played gosh. in 16, yep. Uh, man, uh, you know, trick-or-treaters, you're going to have to figure something out. Uh, yeah, the Red Ranger's uh, not coming out to give you candy yeah, this, this year, man. He's watching be, Game 7. There's going to be no candy. That's right. There, there will be no candy on this street because we will all be watching Game 7. 
Man, could you imagine recording a pod right after the Indians win Game 7 of the World Series, or even just the World Series? You know, it could you just, imagine that show? It would be 45 minutes of us yelling. Right. Yelling <laughs> I mean, and screaming at each other. Just, oh my God, this happened, and everything I can't, like that. Right. I mean, for me, I uh, you know, I, I just got back from Georgia. I was in Georgia when Cleveland won. The Cavs won the championship, so I am yearning to be here during a Cleveland championship, and and the Indians are the closest to it right now. Right, and I agree. I need them to to just get over the hump because that's where they're at. They are just at the hump of being, if not the best team in baseball, one of the best teams in baseball. Right. So you know, I'm hoping that we figure this out either by the end of this season or go into next season saying it is World Series or we failed. Right. That's that's pretty much it, and that's the mentality you have to have because if you don't have that mentality, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. you're, you're I mean, wasting my absolutely. time as a fan. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're not anywhere close to rebuilding, so we're actually right there, and it, it, we just need that little push. We need that one player to come in and put it together. Now, if we if we're gonna wait till next season, give me some pitching. Right. Give me some pitching. Right. But if we're gonna do it now, give me a bat. All right. Well, I think uh, that was a good segment there on the tribe. Um, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back, wrap it up, maybe set up the next show, and then talk to you about uh, our social media handles. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. All right, guys, and we're back for our last segment here. We're just going to kind of wrap things up. Uh, we'd like to thank all of you guys who took the time out of your days to listen uh, to what we had to offer. Um, we appreciate any feedback that you have um, via Twitter right now. Uh, you can tweet me at TKS Tirade 2218. So TKS. T-I-R-A-D-E-2218. Love to hear any comments that you guys have. I'm going to try and get this out on Facebook as well. Um, if you download the Anchor app, you can find us on anchor.fm slash TK underscore J. Um, and as things get published, it'll be out there. Um, this is just the first uh, go-through for us tonight. I think we did pretty well feeding off of each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a... I had a good time doing this, you know, and some of you may not know, may not have noticed, this would be my first time doing this. Um, you know, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I, I would really love to hear back from you guys. Love to get a good following. Uh, we would love to talk to you guys as well. Absolutely. We want to do, uh, we're going to try to do some, like, incorporating, like, um, in the community. You know, this is a small podcast, local community. I'm in Wildsworth. You're in Akron. Um, so if you're a local high school coach, I don't care what sport it is, and you want to come on, I want to hear about what what you guys do to make yourself successful. I want to hear about your team, hear about your star, you know, your your players. I want to hear um, uh, about your sport and how how can we get out there and support you? What can we do to help uh, get your name out there and get your sport out there? I don't care what sport it is. Um, hit me up on Twitter. Um, you can even email me terry18x22 at yahoo.com. I'd love to have you on the show. Um, we'll try to do something like that. I know I coach Special Olympics basketball, so as we get rolling in the season, um, we'll try to maybe incorporate maybe like an athlete's corner and have some of those guys on there and do some interviews and talk to them about sports. Because um, I know that when we practice, they love to talk their sports, so I think it'd be great to kind of get them out there. I think they'd have uh, a blast doing it. Um, so this show, we want it to be innovative. We want it to be fun. Um, we want to come up with all sorts of different kinds of bits and things, so that way we're not doing the same kind of thing every week. But we want to make it fun. We want to make it something that you guys are like, man, that's a must download. I got to hear that while I'm, you know, cutting the grass, working off off the towers, uh, you know, doing window washing and building restoration. Or if you're doing your planning period as a teacher, you're like, man, I just got to get away from some of these local guys who can kind of get crazy on the regular radio. We want we want to be your go-to. We want to be that time where you can take a 45 minutes or an hour out of your day and, and just forget about life and talk sports and geek stuff with uh, two regular guys. Yes, sir. We, we are two regular guys. We both have regular jobs. We're here on this podcast 
just going to do the regular thing. Uh, and just to clarify with the TK underscore J, uh, I have a funny spelling of my name. It's going to be J-A-E. So Thank you. So look yes. out for that. Um, you know, it's not going to be like the J-A-Y that you guys are used to. It is J-A-E. So look out for that. We hope to hear from you guys soon. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in. You guys have a great week, and we'll talk to you next week. Next week, we'll know uh, a little bit more how the Browns roster looks. We'll know how the Indians roster looks for the playoffs. And who knows what else we'll get into. But thanks for listening to the TK and J Show. Later.